Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, February 2nd. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. The price of gold has been relatively steady this week, but it's falling off this morning after a better-than-expected jobs report. The Labor Department said the economy added 200,000 jobs in January. Bond yields immediately went up on the news. Ten-year treasuries jumped 0.06% to 2.834% right after the report came out. This put the yield on pace for a new multi-year high. Meanwhile, gold is dropping on the news. Right now, it's down more than 10 bucks at 1335.30. Silver is trading at 17.10, and the silver gold ratio stands at 78.68. I always take these job numbers with a grain of salt. I haven't dug into the latest data, but typically we've seen a lot of low-paying and part-time jobs being added to the economy. And the labor participation rate is persistently high. In other words, a lot of people have just given up and dropped out. Regardless, most people are going to take the employment report as a good sign and an indication that the Federal Reserve will continue to move forward with its quantitative tightening. The Fed held interest rates steady at this week's FOMC meeting, but it raised its inflation outlook and flagged further gradual rate increases. This jobs report will solidify this thinking. Most people are already figuring a rate hike in March is a certainty. That's why bond yields are going up. Meanwhile, the dollar continues to struggle. The dollar index, which tracks the greenback against a basket of other currencies, inched a tenth of a percent higher Friday morning to 88.758. That kept it above a three-year low set a week ago, but the dollar is still down 0.4% on the week. Peter Schiff talked about the rising bond prices last week and pinpointed 4% as the yield that could break the camel's back. The last time we had a 4% yield on a 10-year was before the 2008 financial crisis. This was triggered, of course, by rising interest rates on accumulated debt after Alan Greenspan kept interest rates at 1% for a year and a half and then slowly raised them back up over the course of another year and a half. By the time the Fed got to the point where rates had gone back to about 5%, the yield on the 10-year was about 4%. That's about as high as it was able to go. Then the market fell apart. Of course, this time around, the Fed took interest rates down even lower and kept them there much longer. I don't think that bodes well. Just yesterday, a Facebook friend of mine was touting the U.S. economy, and he specifically mentioned the strong jobs growth. I pointed out that job growth through the last couple of years of the Obama administration and in year one of the Trump administration were virtually identical. During the campaign, Trump was calling the employment numbers fake. Now he's taking credit for them. It's the business cycle and it's going to crash probably within the next couple of years. Then the Democrats are going to blame tax cuts and Donald Trump and Republicans and whatever else they can point their fingers at. It's too bad for Trump fans that the president is setting himself up to take the fall by doing victory laps around the bubble economy now. And that's the thing people seem to miss. The whole economy is a giant house of cards. Interest rates are the wind that will blow them down. Economist Dr. Thorsten Polite recently published an article at the Mises Institute that delved into why the new economy created by the central bankers cannot endure even modestly higher interest rates. 
It has to do with the ever-increasing levels of debt their easy money, low interest rate policies encourage. He said, quote, artificially depressed borrowing costs are feeling a boom. Consumer loans are as cheap as ever before, seducing people into increasingly spending beyond their means. Low interest rates push down companies' cost of capital, encouraging additional and in particular risky investments they would not have entered into under normal interest rate conditions. Financially strained borrowers in particular states and banks can refinance their maturing debt load at extremely low interest rates and even take on new debt easily, unquote. Of course, as debt piles up, any increase in the interest rate will strain borrowers. The central banks have created a vicious cycle. Coming out of the 1990s, the Federal Reserve pushed up rates and ended the new economy boom, better known as the dot-com bubble. In order to fix this problem, the Fed slashed rates and created another massive credit boom, primarily centered on the housing market. That bubble burst, as we know, in 2007-2008. In the years since, the Fed has repeated the process, and now we have a world full of bubbles just waiting to pop. The House of Cards is going to come toppling down. All of these great job reports, they're not going to change that fact. Meanwhile, Janet Yellen is about to ride off into the sunset. She's getting out of Dodge, just in time. As Peter put it in one of his podcasts this week, Yellen is handing off incoming Fed Chair Jerome Powell a stick of dynamite. Peter said, Janet Yellen is gone, and now Trump's man is going to come in, and the stick of dynamite is going to be passed like a baton, and it's going to blow up in this guy's hand. I just do not think he's going to be able to finish out a term and then give it to some other sucker. In other news, gold consumption in China grew by 9.41% in 2017, according to information released by the China Gold Association. Gold jewelry demand, especially in poorer regions of the country, helped drive overall demand higher. The Chinese consumed 1,089 tons of the yellow metal last year. The South China Morning Post called the surge in demand a big turnaround after a 6.7% slump in 2016. Jewelry demand was especially strong, rising 10.4% on the year. It was robust in poorer regions of the country as incomes rose, according to the South China Morning Post. The mainland economy grew at a stronger-than-expected 6.9%. This bolstered consumer confidence and fueled spending and investment in precious metals. The Chinese also bought a lot of gold bars last year. Sales were up by 7.28% to 276.39 tons. Analysts say tightening government restrictions on property investment and capital outflows increased the allure of gold. There was also a lot of safe haven investing driven by constant saber-rattling between the U.S. and neighboring North Korea. Meanwhile, gold production in China fell. Chinese mines produced 426.1 tons of gold in 2017, a 6.03% drop. It was the first production slump since the year 2000, according to the Chinese Gold Association. That's pretty significant, considering China ranks as the world's number one gold producer. Analysts blame the fall in production on stricter environmental policies and increased resource taxes, but the production drop in China is actually part of a broader worldwide trend. As I reported last month, analysts say that at current production levels, South Africa, the world's fourth leading gold producer, has only 39 years of accessible gold reserves remaining. This could all actually be another sign that the world is approaching, or has reached, peak gold. 
I don't think people pay as much attention to these basic supply and demand dynamics as they should. It's easy to get caught up in jobs reports and central bank policy, but we can't forget basic economics. Shrinking supply and increasing demand means gold will become scarcer. That means higher prices. And scarcity, after all, is a major factor in gold's intrinsic value. It was another bad week for cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin skidded 11% on Thursday to its lowest level since November. This morning, it was trading below $8,000 for a while. Facebook was a big reason for the plunge. The social media platform announced it is banning all ads that promote cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, in an effort to prevent people from advertising what the company calls, and I quote, financial products and services frequently associated with misleading or deceptive promotional practices. By that metric, Facebook should probably ban all political advertising and most mainstream economic news. At any rate, the move means advertisers won't be able to do anything relating to cryptocurrencies. The Indian government also put a chill in the crypto market. It plans to stamp out the use of cryptocurrencies, which it considers illegal. All of this underscores the importance of diversification. If you had all of your eggs in the Bitcoin basket, you're probably regretting it at this point. You can hedge your crypto position with gold. Diversifying a crypto portfolio with precious metals can help mitigate some of the potential downsides and put investors in an overall stronger financial position. To learn more about that, you should talk to one of our Shift Gold precious metal specialists today. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes for free. There's a link on the show notes page. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.